Welcome to the Well Fuel Podcast, your spot for everything gut health, detox, hormones, a healthy home, mold, and everything in between. I'm your host, Isabel Smith. I'm an integrative and functional registered dietitian and the founder of Isabel Smith Nutrition. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Well Fuel Podcast. I'm so excited today to be joined by one of my most favorite people in the world, Nick Pags. Nick is a really old friend of mine, and I decided in 2016 he and I were going to be friends. And fast forward, we are still good friends. I manifested this, and I made sure it happened, whether you like it or not, Nick. (laughs) Who's Nick Pags? If you don't know him, you need to. He's a growth and mindset expert, a certified behavioral change specialist, and an inspirational life coach and speaker. speaker. He understands the desire to change, why you don't, and the mindset shifts you need to find success. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about that in any and all areas of your life. Applying the motivational skills he's used as one of New York City's top personal trainers and group fitness leaders with his behavioral change training, he has inspired thousands of individuals from peers in the coaching space to elite C-suite executives to unlock their own potential. His gift, he naturally provides a unique mix of high energy coaching, you will hear that soon, and empathetic listening to create a space for self-discovery that is as profound as it is exciting. Throughout his private and group coaching, live events, and corporate speaking, he's afforded his clients the opportunity to break through their old ways of being, rewrite the mental patterns that don't serve them, and truly embrace their limitless potential to live their most abundant lives. Nick, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for reading that whole mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit of a mouthful. I'm like, oh, this is a tongue twister. But so all the things are like so very you. And I think that bio describes you so beautifully. It does. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So when you and I were chatting about like what we wanted to talk about, you know, something that we've heard a lot of our listeners ask about, and also you and I have like talked a lot, both both personally, professionally, in in various groups and various different places about like, how do you get yourself through a really difficult process? Um, it's hard. Yeah, it's brutal. It can be really brutal. And I think that there's so many different avenues. Part of the challenge is it's great when there's an option and you know what the option is and you take that option. I think we all love the idea of freedom and, and oh, just like all these avenues to take. But sometimes it's really hard to know what the next step is. And like that's, I think that's some of the challenge for a lot of people is that yeah. they don't know the first right. step to take or they have so many options, or they don't know how many options they have, and they're just kind of floating. Mm -hmm. So I think that like, just to kick it off, that's one of the most challenging pieces for people that I've found in this work. And I would imagine for you too, is it's like, I just don't know, there's so many people out there. There's so Mm -hmm. many coaches, there's so many dietitians, there's so many whatever, there's just a lot of people doing a lot of great things in the world. How do we choose? And somebody said this to me the other day, the the root of the Latin word for decision is like to cut. And it means like you make that decision and you cut any other option out and you, you lock in and you go for it. And that's the part that I think people really struggle with is leaning in and then fully jumping and and going for the damn thing. And why do you think that is that they're so afraid to to trust and jump? (laughs) There's a, that's, we don't have enough time for that answer. But I will say, I do think that people's need for convenience gets in the way of their commitments. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just so much more committed to what's convenient. I think I used to say comfortable. And sometimes that's the case. But it's less about comfort, I'm finding. Like, it's not comfortable to stay sick. It's not comfortable to, like, be in a mental mess. It's not comfortable 
to not have the life that you want to have. So it's not about comfort. I think it's about convenience more than anything. People just love the convenience of being where they're at, even if where they're at kind of sucks. Yeah. And they're willing to stay more locked into their current situation that they know, even if it sucks, Yeah. more than taking that leap that offers potential and possibility just because there's convenience in the knowingness. Until they can't stay there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> And, and then it's still uncomfortable, but you're like forced, right? Yep. In, in, unless you are able to get ahead of yourself, which a lot of people can't, right? Because they're too afraid or is it the wrong choice? And you know what? F- fair enough. You know, everybody has been burned by whether it was a wrong coach or a wrong nanny or a wrong boss or like it was the wrong choice, right? And so there's some kind of like trauma, some kind of fear, you know, so how can I really trust this is the right choice? and the right option because it could be wrong. Yep. Yeah. And I, that's, isn't that part of the risk that we take though, is like, you're not going to know all the answers of it, if it's going to work out perfectly. And if it's that, that's the right person. But what you do know when you don't do anything is what you're going to get, which is the same stuff you've always had. Which is nothing. You're going to go nowhere different than you already are. And as I was saying to offline, and I've been saying both on this podcast and on Instagram and to clients, are you okay with where you are? Yeah. Is this good enough? Right. And that's been part of my own journey. I know that's been part of your journey, right? Which is like for me, both professionally with my business, choosing to grow my team, you know, was I satisfied if I didn't know? With my personal health journey, was I happy with how I felt? No. Right. So what's the choice? You either stay where you are or you move forward. But I know it's not that is not as easy for everybody as I just said that it was. For me, it wasn't easy. But, you know, I peer pressured myself enough to make a decision, beat myself up enough about it. And I was like, no, this isn't good enough. But it's not that easy for everybody. I think it's important to acknowledge, too, just because we're so close and I've been I've had the honor of being on a lot of your journey with you. It wasn't easy at all for you. It wasn't even close to easy. And what I admire about you, and I think that this is what we get to kind of speak into Mm. in this podcast, is that it's not about being easy or not. Mm -hmm. It's about, is it aligned with the life I say I want? Even if it's inconvenient, even inconvenient, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's challenging, Mm-hmm. If it's going where I say I want to go, or at least gives me the potential to, there's possibility in this move. What I've learned about you is you're going to take that leap because the risk, I, I think what people are trying to do, you correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, my, my thought is that people are trying to avoid risk when they don't pull the trigger, when they don't take that leap. Yeah. And what we're not noticing is like how much risk is involved in not leaping. Right. Like you're risking the money you actually want to make. You're risking the health you want to have. You're risking the relationships you want. You're risking getting to the end of your life and going, oh my God, I missed it. Yeah. Yep. That's such a bigger risk to me. It is. It is. And I think, I think once you wake up to that reality, I think the decision becomes infinitely easier, right? Because I think it's getting there. So for all of you guys who are like, oh, well, maybe Eureka, Nick and I just basically answered your own million dollar question for yourself, right? Or your thought process for yourself, right? Like this is this is the thought process, right? Yeah. Like what am I risking? Risking time with my kids, risking time with my family, my partner, my friends, whatever. What am I risking by not making that leap? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, one of the easiest ways, I'm using that word again, 
<laughs> one of the clearest ways, I guess is the better way, better way to say it. One of the clearest ways that I'm able to define with clients when I'm doing this work with them or by myself, what the next play is or what's the most aligned decision is asking like, what's the play from an abundant conversation in my head? You want to call it abundance. You want to call it love-based. You want to call it positive, whatever that version is for you. Like love or fear is kind of what it trickles all down to in, in my experience of it. And if I ask the question, you know, should I take this jump or should I hire this person or should I, you know, do this thing or whatever it is, I pay less attention to, oh God, this feels really scary or uncomfortable or this feels really comfortable. I put less of my attention there. And for myself and others, I offer that question. Is this from a place of love? Like, are you doing this from love? And if it's from love, it's often going to guide you towards more of that. And love is the same bucket as joy, is the same bucket as abundance, is the same bucket as freedom. It's all in that like, ooh, this feels good type of stuff. So ask that question more. Is this from a place of love? Is this decision from a place of fear? Like, am I scared and that's why I'm doing this? That has guided me and a lot of people in my life towards a really beautiful path. Even in, in the moment, if you can't see where it's going to take you, like 10 steps down the road, Trusting that that love-based decision is putting you on the right path is a huge step. Yeah, I'm often more, thank you, it's it's so true. I'm often more afraid personally of staying where I am. Yeah. This is where I want to be, right? In my Lyme journey, in my, you know, business journey, not growing my team. You know, I'm more afraid that I'm going to burn out and not be able to serve people, not be able to be creative, not going to be able to grow. That's more fear. When I stop and think about it, when I get out of my own way and I stop being like, oh my God, all the bits and pieces, right? And I'm like, wait a minute, like big picture, think big picture. I'm more afraid of not moving than I am moving, you know? And I think, I think it's about, this is where, this is where mindset coaching, people that can hop in and help you, people that can help you. I have had a lot of coaching in the last number of years to get me where I am now. And I'm not done. I took a, you know, I took like a hiatus in the last couple of months because I just like needed to do the things right versus be coached, but I'm going to hop back into it because it is helping me reframe my brain and helping me see things that I wasn't able to see in a different way that actually got me not so much on the health front because it's scarier for me to not treat my Lyme, but especially on the business front that was much easier for me to sit by myself in my canoe and see people alone and not trust anybody. Right. That was a lot easier for me to do at that point in time. You remember that. Um, That was like the scariest thing in the world. Now I have eight people, you know, and I'm like, how, how did I ever do this differently? I can't imagine a life when I didn't have people to help me because there are so many things I just don't want to do now. Yeah. But but here's the point that I need I really, I'm saying need because I feel like this is the part that's so huge. I need people to hear this about you that's so beautiful is you're a stubborn ass, like truthfully, and you know this about you, like you're driven and you're a stubborn ass. And what's so amazing about you in the work that at least you and I did together is you were willing to ask the question, right? For so long, it was like, like you said, I'm going to stay in my boat, do my stuff, like focus on me and take care of my thing. And I can't imagine it any other way. And all the coaching that we did was, I just kept asking you, is that what you want? Is that really what you want? (laughs) I'd be like, like, I don't know. But then eventually, like you said, it backed you into a corner, not in an aggressive way, not in a nasty way. You, yourself, with your answers, kept backing yourself in and in and in until you realized like, 
this isn't going where I want it to go until I make the, in this example, until I make these hires, until I trust that other people can hold it down for the thing that's been so close to me for so long. And that piece, I mean, integrate trust into your decision-making like you did and magic can happen. Mm -hmm. Truly just the craziest magic can happen as a byproduct of you starting to trust. Well, sometimes I trust a little bit too freely. I can share a story of today. I, I Googled we're booking flights to Hawaii because to celebrate my dad um, and his cancer-free journey now, which is just amazing. Yes. Um, it's the greatest gift in the world. So we're going to Hawaii over Christmas. Well, I Googled American Airlines, but I didn't actually get the contact from the website, but I found it on Google. And I pretty much got scammed today about two hours ago and almost gave my credit card for tickets, four tickets, that is four tickets at Christmas time to Hawaii. So sometimes you can trust a little bit. Wow. Paul was like, when we called the guy back and the guy who picked up the phone, who we thought was part of the call center was like, Hey, is there a Sean here? Um, Paul was like, um, I think, I think this is a scam. And I was like, Oh no. Oh Um, my gosh. So don't trust too freely, but trust is an incredible I trust that somebody was looking out for me and was like, this is not the right moment. So I got, yeah. but trust is an incredibly important part of the process. Right. And that yeah. goes with your medical provider. That goes with your, that goes with the people that you surround yourself with, because ultimately they're the people who are going to help you in where, whatever your journey is. Right. And I think, and I know what's hard is that a lot of people listening have been like, awesome, great, but I have been gaslit by six providers. I have been led down the wrong path by four others. I've spent so much money and now I'm afraid to both spend more and trust more. How do we help these people kind of, you know, plant some, some nuggets and some seeds to help them see differently from the place that they are? Cause I hear that a lot. Yeah. A couple of things. The first thing is what questions are you asking? Mm. And I think about this all the time in my relationship with my wife mm. is like, the quality of the question I ask is going to very much determine the quality of the response I'm going to get. Yeah. And when I'm looking to, I mean, not even me, like I, just whoever's listening, if you're looking to hire somebody for something or you're looking to take that next step, what questions are you asking yourself and what questions are you asking that practitioner? Mm-hmm. Because the, the better quality questions are going to get you better answers, which is going to give you a better recipe to create or bake whatever you want to bake. It's so easy to mm. just jump into something because they're telling you this stuff and this stuff and this. They're selling you on the package. That's their job. They yeah. are. That is what they're doing for their livelihood. So they're going to get really good at it. And yep. you're crazy if you think that you're going to sign on a call and somebody's not going to swoon you into a great opportunity. That's what the, it's sales. It's part of their business. Sure. So it is up to you not to get mad at them for being good at what they do to bring people in. It's up to you to ask the right questions. And if you've done this four times, you gotten screwed over, then go back and just do some like assessing of what questions did I ask or not ask over these four times? What is the common thread? It's always going to be you. Yeah. And what about how you were showing up? It's not blame. It's not like I did this to myself. It doesn't make what these practitioners are doing or not doing right. It just simply is paying attention to how am I playing a role in the reality I'm creating for myself, specifically with hiring somebody like this, because it can burn your trust. And Isabel, I, I had this experience. I mean, I hired someone for a lot of money, 
a lot of money and it burned me. I mean, I should have been paid to be in that room. It was so exhausting for six months. And even three months, less than that, two months in, I said to this coach, I was like, man, can we talk about this? Because nothing about this works for me. And there was no communication. There was no like discussion. It was just, let me throw this on you. And in that moment, I realized this is not, I did not do a good job of vetting this process. Like I did not ask the right question. So we learn and I'm grateful for that experience because it taught me a lot about myself, taught me a lot about how to show up honorably for people that I work with. And it showed me who not to work with. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, look, I've had I've had those too. You know, I was I was burned by more in the because I'm in the health space, you know, I I know what to look for more. And it's easy, it's easier when you're in the space. It's not easy, believe me. We have to be just as thoughtful. I always recommend if you're unsure, ask a friend, get a referral. Yeah. I think referrals are great ways to, you know, I always, for like coaches, for people, I ask friends, I ask, I always find that that's a helpful way to find a trusting person because there's like either one or a few people that can guide you there, right? Even if somebody's like, hey, I've been listening. The beauty about podcasting and stuff too is you can like listen and get to know people before find somebody who's got a social media presence. They're not always necessarily like, the best, but you can usually find a lot of information about people, listen to them, hear them, hear them talk, you know, see what they do, get to know them, you know, see if it's your vibe, see if what they're doing matches what you need. I did not do that with the one thing that burned me, which was a very expensive person last year who was going to like change my business. And they did some stuff, but they were extremely irresponsible in a lot of ways. I did not do, it did come through a referral. So that was, it's not always the best choice, but I, what I should have done is I should have dig deep, dug deeper than I did. And I did not, I think I was again, too trusting that this person who was using them, very different type of business, very different. You know, the person who ran the business was like 25 X my earnings. And so this guy was like all up in this guy's business. And so, you know, that was a, just a different situation. It's not always perfect, but you definitely like Nick saying, you know, listen, learn, I did not follow this person as intently as I should have to make sure that they were the right option for me. Yeah. Shiny syndrome is also a huge thing. Like with the, with the referrals, I yeah. got super, super screwed. Let's not give too much information, but I will say I got screwed in a situation that was yeah. referred by somebody I trust and care about. And yeah. their experience was good up until that point. And then them... I, along with others, got kind of screwed in this situation. And I think that it's the shiny object thing. Like when someone's saying, oh, this person, you know, got me this or made this happen for me or whatever. If you're just hunting that, just the shiny thing, like you said, I'm not that person. My business is not that person's business. My gut is not that person's gut. My mind is not that person's mind. So as I go to hire this person, although they may have worked for my friend who I love dearly, who I know I trust... It doesn't mean I'm the same person as them and that coach is going to be the right coach or that support system is going to be the right support system for me. So even when you get that referral, that's just the admission ticket to go in the room and start to ask the right questions, I believe. So those questions, what else can people do to sort of help themselves get out of the, I can't make another connection or another conversation. I just don't trust enough. Like what else can they do? I, I think if we spend more time in our vision, 
So like for me, what I'll do with people is I'll have them regularly. When I work with people, I work with them super intensive. So we talk on a very regular basis Mm -hmm. and I'm constantly asking them, what's the vision? What are you after? What are you committed to? What are you looking to create? Because the more I can get them in that conversation and I can get those wheels spinning, the more the lens that they're seeing from is positioned through that context. So the the term I like to use is my context generates my content. I was taught this term a couple of years ago and I loved it because it was what it's saying is my context, my perspective, the way I'm seeing things is literally going to generate what actually shows up. So part of what we have to do, I think, is we have to get really clear on what, how am I seeing this thing? Mm-hmm. What am, and if I'm coming from the context of what I want to create with my life, like what I'm excited to build, then I'm going to look at this coach or I'm going to look at that you know, course or whatever I'm signing up for. I'm going to look at this opportunity from the lens of how does this play a role in building that future? But if I'm just coming from the context of how do I protect myself? Yeah then you're constantly going to be in protection mode and you're going to make decisions from protection mode, from a scarcity place, True, for lack of a better term. So I think that that's a huge point that has served a lot of people that I know is is just being able to get clear on what is it that you want and how Mm -hmm. does or doesn't this person, this coach, this thing, this next step I'm taking, this action I'm taking play a role in, in leading me towards that. Yeah. And, and maybe this applies and you can tell me, cause I don't, I don't have the, the training you do, but as I, as I've been saying a lot on here, you know, speaking about my own journey, I've been like so dedicated to like what I want to feel like every day. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I can feel it. I can touch it, which guides me through the discomfort of the antibiotics and then getting bitten 16 freaking more times, you know, blah, 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 blah. That can guide me through that piece when I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So you've heard me say this. So I'm sorry to bore you, but maybe these people haven't. I, I use this method called the be do have model mm. that I was taught years ago. And it really serves me in a big way. So often, I would say most people come from the flipped side, which is the have do be yep. model. Yep. And what yep. that means is, oh, I want to have health, you know, yep. so let me like do all the things and then I'll be healthy right? That's just like common sense. That's what people do is they say, okay, I want to have this thing. So let me go take the action. And then once I take the action, then all the action taking, if I do it enough and enough and enough, then I'll be that type of person. And that sounds like it works and it may actually work for some people sometimes. Often if you're quote unquote a doer, if you call yourself a doer, this is the model that you follow. And it works to some extent until it doesn't and it completely breaks you down. Because what happens is if I say, okay, I want to have this thing. So let me go take the action, take the action, take the action. A lot of times what we'll do is we'll take certain actions, but we'll avoid others because we don't feel we can actually do them or they don't know. They're not who me, I'm supposed to do that. I've never had this training or I've never been in that room or I don't have enough money to do that or whatever the story is. We'll prevent ourselves from taking action, from stepping into the doing yeah, because we don't have proof that we can actually do it. Whereas if we flip this and we come from the beings first, so mm-hmm. we do have from this context, it's okay. So the story is I want to have this type of life or I want to have that level of health. Great. So 
if you're just hypothetically, if you're having that level of health in your life, who are you being on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis? Mm-hmm. And this seems so, I, I mean, you're coming, you're talking from like the most ultimate doers right here in this room. Like we are the queen and king of doing. Yeah. Yep, so this took me a long time to embrace. So I'm not just coming from like this ethereal, like float on a cloud mindset. I'm telling yep. you, this was a massive shift for me. And the doing worked for a lot. But the deepest things, the biggest stuff I wanted in my life, like peace and joy and freedom, it wasn't doing that for me, yeah. like on an internal state. But when I dropped into the being, mm-hmm. I said, okay, look, I want to be free. Like that's the beingness I want in my life all the time, every day. So if I embrace that beingness, now every single action I take, doesn't matter the action. I know my target. I know what I want to create. I'm going to take that action embodying that beingness. And I don't care if it's getting a cup of coffee, if it's hiring a coach, if it's going to the freaking bathroom, it doesn't matter what it is. Do it from that space of that beingness. Next thing you know, when you rep out all that action from an aligned beingness, you start to have the results you've wanted all along. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we can like think of, I mean, I'm thinking of my, you know, people out there who are like not showing up to their sessions or they're not taking their supplements or they're, you know, that's, you know, you got to be what you, what you want to be in order to get how you want to be like, or, you know, like get where you want to go. Right. Is what Nick's saying. And it's true. Like we can't get where, you know, what's the insanity, the, the definition of, of insanity is doing the same thing twice and expecting the same, a different outcome a second time. Right. And, and we have to make changes and that could simply just be having somebody, you know, maybe you're doing a lot of things already, but maybe you're not doing them. You're not doing the right things. Right. Maybe somebody unfortunately hopped in and misguided you in your, whatever journey you're on and you're taking the wrong supplements or you're exercising in a way that's actually going to be bad for your health. You're doing you are maybe doing the right things, the supplements, the movement, but maybe in the wrong way, right? And maybe you need a different a different person to kind of put that together, right? It's not like we always necessarily have to flip things upside down, but we do need to look at what are we doing and what might be contributing to this getting better or might be, what might be contributing to this either getting worse or staying the same. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I, I mean, I worked with a group this morning, a group I've never met any of these people in the group and this woman was saying, I'm doing all the stuff. I'm doing all the stuff. And she was listing out all the things from this program that she's in that she's doing and she's not getting the results. And as I asked her more questions, she said to me, it's just, I don't have the power to do it anymore. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, I just don't have it in me. COVID beat me up, like being, you know, this in that position. I just, I don't have it. I don't have the power. And it's fascinating to me when people are taking all of the action that if you added it up, this plus this plus this should equal this. And it's not, right? I think if you're listening to this, you could think of somebody who's doing all the right things. And for some godforsaken reason, they are not getting the result. And it's frustrating to watch them. If you are that person, I'd imagine it's incredibly (laughs) frustrating. I've been that person. It's like, how many times can I rep this thing out? It's supposed, like at some point, it's gotta, it's gotta turn over. And as I asked her more questions, again, the quality of the question is going to give you a good quality answer. I, I said, why, why are you choosing that I don't have the power within me thing? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, you, said, you sat here and told me all the things you're doing while simultaneously deeply believing that you don't have the power to do this. 
So no matter what we do, and this is where like it gets a little woo-woo, like it gets a little ethereal. I don't care how much you do the thing. If there's a deep, deep-rooted belief that I can't or I don't have it in me or I'm not powerful enough or whatever the story is, and you're more committed to that belief than anything else, then no matter what action you're, gonna t- you're, you're taking, you're going to get the result that you're not powerful enough because that is what intention does when we sit in it long enough. Yeah. So that's why this being thing is so imperative to make it a priority to step powerfully into the, like the, the beingness because if I'm even doing the wrong things, but I trust that I'm going to make it happen, I am powerful enough. It starts to, that intention starts to navigate you towards the right actions. Eventually, you'll have the results. Yeah. And I mean, like, again, fake it till you make it isn't like always the greatest way to think about it. But like, I think when we start to do believe, you know, move towards it does come together. But as I say to people all the time, if you really believe that what you're doing is not going to get you where you want to go, then it's never going to. Yeah. No matter how powerful the, the protocol, no matter how powerful the practitioner, if you don't believe it's going to get you where you want to go. So that's like, I think one of the first things for people to evaluate is that something that's going on inside of your being, regardless of how great this person is. If you're ultimately, if you don't believe it's going to be that way, you're not going to show up. You're not going to take the things. You're not going to do the things that require you to, that are required to be done to get you where you want to go. So, you know, evaluate whether maybe this is not the right person for you or whatever's going on that might be getting in the way, right? So that you can actually make the changes to do the things that will get you where you want to be. Yeah. And then also then maybe work with somebody if you're finding that. So I had, I have a client and she desperately wants to lose weight. This is a good example. Desperately wants to lose weight, right? But as a child had a lot of trauma around men commenting on her body about how thin and beautiful she was and how basically unsafe it was for her to be in a small body. So she's been on this crusade for a lot of her adult life to lose weight. But every time we get to a place that's slightly thinner, right? She self-sabotages. Why? Mm. Because it's unsafe for her to be in a smaller body. Now, kudos to her. I love this client so dearly. She has been able to identify that. So it is a known problem floating in space that we start to, you know, kind of cozy up with as we get the weight down. And it's something that I'm like, she's in more intensive therapy when we get there, because I'm like, I need you to work through this as you get, if you really want to drop the weight, because you know, your joints need it, your heart needs it. And this is something you want, right? Then we got to get comfortable with how we're going to navigate through this unsafe space in your body with a smaller, smaller frame. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have experienced that same foundation of, I don't care how many times we're going to do the stuff until we work on the story. Nothing's mm-hmm. changing. I mean, I'm, I'm working with a client now over three years. And when he initially came to me, it was fascinating, man. Because I'd been in the fitness industry for 13 years at that point, he, he said, okay, I want to lose weight. I want to start to eat healthier. I don't want the food to kind of, mm-hmm. he didn't even get to the point when we first met that he was saying, I don't want the food to control me. It was more just like, I want to lose weight. And I don't know, like this guy kind of feels like he's mm-hmm. a mindset person, but he also, I mean, it was years ago, right? He also is a fitness dude. So maybe he's a good fit. This is a very, very intellectual 
individual, like super smart dude. He's his life work is in health and wellness. Mm -hmm. So it's not a lack of knowledge. And this Mm -hmm. is why he was, and maybe you can resonate with this listener. Like it's not a lack of knowledge. Most of the time, Mm -hmm. whatever you're listening to right now, like, is it a phone or a computer? That thing has access to all the information in the entire world. Like it's all there. So it's not a lack of information for most of us. Most of the time it's organizing the information and then adjusting the stories that are keeping us from utilizing the correct information to create the results we want. Right. And this dude, the more we spent time exploring, what is it in there? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the protocol, what is it in there that brings you back to the same space? You can get all the results and he will find a way to get back to that old same mm-hmm. way. And we were getting stories very similar is what made me think about it. Like, I don't feel safe mm-hmm. dropping below this certain weight. And there was deep family stuff that we explored in there, which he had no idea. I had no idea. But that's the beauty of asking these powerful questions is they help us explore far deeper than what our consciousness is bringing mm-hmm. us to. It brings us into that subconscious conversation. So not, again, maybe that's not something you can do completely on your own. You might need support to start that process. But for a lot of us, it really is just asking the simple question, like, what do I really believe about this thing that I'm not noticing? What's my blind spot here? And if you can't do that on your own, get support in finding what those blind spots are. It's often the blind spots that cause the biggest problems, right? In this process. And we don't see them until we're able to, you know, kind of get there. And that can take some time and it's uncomfortable Right. And I think sometimes that can really be the thing that's behind the scenes in, you know, not being able to trust or not being able to move through something is something you may not even be aware of. Right. In the background that may be causing some of this stuff to pop up. So, you know, I think it's definitely all of this stuff when you kind of take a step back and zoom out and go, what's going on in my periphery that I may not be aware of, if I'm just unable to get myself to the be, do, how, or to see where I want to go, or the same thing keeps popping up no matter what playground I'm on. It's always the same thing for me, right? Maybe it's not the practitioner. Maybe it's something that needs to be worked through so that you can get to where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just, again, it's, it's so fun talking to you about this because you and I have been in the same room for so many years and you've seen a lot of versions of my personal life and how, you know, it used to just be very go, 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 dak, dak, do, do, do little sleep, more hustle type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's amazing the journey that I've allowed myself to go on in asking these questions of myself that again, it's a little softer, maybe is the word. It's softer than just like, figure it out, go hustle and grind it out. It's asking, what do I really believe about this thing? What is my heart saying about this on a day to day that I don't even know it's saying that's keeping me from the result I want? I I would love to say just to everybody, like here's, maybe this is another really important thing to share. Everybody's got the blueprint, right? Like the blueprint to the six pack abs, the blueprint to the seven figure business, the blueprint. And I'm not hating on blueprints because I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of people that I've worked with, clients of mine who have built businesses surrounded around blueprints and they share that blueprint with people. I work with businesses who share blueprints. Blueprints aren't bad. It's when we think that the blueprint in and of itself is going to do it. Yeah. And it's like shoes really work. 
Shoes work for people, but shoes need to be the right size and they need to fit you in order for them to work for you. Like my little six-year-old cousin's shoes are not going to work for me, right? Because I have a big foot. So noticing when I am just showing up with taking the action because somebody got results from that action before versus I'm showing up and taking this action and my spirit, my energy, where my head's at, where my heart is at, is aligned with where I say I want to go. And I don't want it to be some woo-woo thing for you, listener. I want you to hear what I'm saying. If the story is I can't, then you will be right. If the story is I can, then you will be right. And then from that foundation, whatever it is that you want, has to start from what is my belief around this thing. And if we can't work through the belief, then you're going to end up just taking reps and taking reps and proving to yourself, maybe that's the most important thing to, to share here, is that we will always find proof for what we believe. Always. Sure. So if you believe you're not good enough, you're going to find proof in the reps you're taking that you're not good enough. But if you believe you are, then you will find proof in the reps you're taking, even the failures. You'll find proof that it's just another step towards the right direction. Yeah, so it helps. And it helps, right? And it helps give you patience because this stuff is not easy. It takes time. I mean, yeah, like I'm super proud of you sitting on this end because when I was running on that treadmill, having you like, you know, be like, go, don't give up. Stop complaining, you know, like on the treadmill. Um, you, but you did it so lovingly. Right. But what I didn't know at the time was that like, you'd been up since 4am and you've had, you'd had six cups of coffee by the time I saw you at 815. Right. I didn't know that about you until we became better friends. And I'm so proud of you for undoing that rat race, you know, hamster wheel, because it's hard. It's hard for somebody who likes to be busy. This is one of my biggest, you know, as you know, that I'm working on is allowing myself to not be as busy. It's hard. It's hard. It's not Mm -hmm. easy you know, and we tackle things in the order that we're ready to, but in order to make space and to give your body space and time to heal, you have to, you know, or to grow whatever you're trying to do, you got to make that space. And I think, but maybe most importantly, get the help you need to help you get that space because it sometimes is, you're not able to access it on your own, you know, and I think that might be the biggest and most important thing. Yeah. That piece right there, I just want to share because this is we talked about this before we went on. It is so easy for us all. We are all so caught up. I'm holding my cell phone up right now for those that can't see. Like this thing is yeah. all encompassing. We are always attached to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. There's so much expected of us. And most of us, because of that, are living in survival mode. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that like literally, although some of us are. Yeah. I would say that most of us are figuratively living in survival mode. And on a molecular level, we feel as though our body feels like we're constantly just trying to survive with enough sleep, with another cup of coffee, with a whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's survival mode, which makes it really hard to make time for personal development and taking care of myself. And it mm-hmm. becomes this luxury. And people's response is, I don't have the luxury of working on my mindset. I don't have the luxury of working on my health. I don't have the luxury of it. What I will say to you is, most of us, most of us, that is bull. Yes. It most is. of us. Yeah. There are obviously extenuating circumstances. And I'm not sitting here as a white male in America saying it's all good. Like I get that a lot of people are going through some really tough stuff. But mm-hmm. most people I would imagine listening to this podcast can 
if they are willing, yep. hold a couple minutes of space for themselves a day to yep. make them and their growth, their mental, yep. their health, whatever, a priority. Yeah. And make Agreed. it the most important. Yeah. You know? Even if it's reading a page in a book, right? In the bathroom while you poop at work, you know, on your shift job, you know, like that's good enough. If that's what, if that's, you know, if that's what you've got, right, then make space for that. Make space for whatever you can. If it's a deep breath in the car on the way to work and on the way back, that's cool too. You know, yep. somebody, I was making candles yesterday with Sydney who was in town and the candle shop in Lake Placid, their, their slogan is claim your calm. And she was like, it was so like, so apropos. She's like, you know, t- tutoring Sydney and I on how to pour candles. And she's like, you want to claim your calm. So like when you're washing your hands, close your eyes and take a few moments to just smell the soap and cleanse your mind and then take a deep breath so that you can get back to your family. I mean, everybody should be washing their hands. So maybe that's the moment where you like take a deep breath and you just like smell the soap. Hopefully it's not toxic, maybe at least not <laughs> making you unwell. But it was like so apropos because it was like that truly is a great way to start. If you if that's what you've got, then that's what you've got. And I think what Nick and I are both saying is start where you can, right? You know, you will yeah. make space where you make space, right? Yeah. We can all make 10 seconds, 20 seconds, a couple times a day to just slow down. You deserve it. The world deserves it from you. I'm telling you, and like there's somebody listening to this that a family member, a friend of mine, somebody close to me would benefit from you doing it. Why do I say that? Because we're all what? Seven degrees separation, they say, or something like that. (laughs) Somebody that I care about in this world would benefit from you taking that space to take care of yourself, to make you a priority. Because what happens to people who don't make themselves a priority, they get agitated, they get frustrated, they have resentment, they're nasty to people, they create negative space around them. And that impacts our world, the collective consciousness, if you want to call it that, whatever, like the whole world as a whole feels that negative energy. And, I, and it's not a blame thing. I don't blame you because you're just doing everything you can to survive and I want to remind you that there is space there if you're willing to see it. Busy moms, there is space, CEOs, there is space. Like everybody who's got their stuff that they say they're just too busy, that story isn't working for you anymore. So you can keep holding on to that or just take those few moments because it's all about tipping the scale. If you can just get through the hardest moment, which is making the time a little bit, that one page while pooping type of thing, if you do that enough, eventually it's going to serve you in some way. You're going to become better for it. You're going to grow from it and that'll tip the scale. And from that place, now you create more time. Now you have more authority over your life. Now you become the the CEO of your own self rather than just being run by everything and everyone around you. So it's just about tipping that scale and trusting that it takes that little bit to make it happen. It's true. And all these things do amount, right? So this this can turn into... The difference between your program working and your program not, you know, just taking small moments. So Nick, as always, I love you so dearly. And I'm always so grateful when you share your time and your brain and your wisdom and your love with us. Where can people find you and catch more of what you're doing on an everyday basis? I would say two easiest places is on Instagram at I am and then my name, Nick Pags, I-A-M and I-C-K-P-A-G-S. And then my website, Nick Pags, LLC.com. 
easy to find me there. You can reach out about me speaking at your event. You want to coach with me, work with me. I'm here for it all. So I'm just going to throw one thing at you, Nick, which I'm oh, which is going to be recorded here. <laughs> Would you ever start a podcast of your own? I had one a long time ago. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, no. I had one called Let's Go. And it was great. Ah. It was just all about creating fun energy. And uh, I really loved it. I have like 15, 20 episodes on there. L-E-S-S-G-O-O. It's not even spelled cor- like correctly in English. <laughs> and I love it. So go ahead and check that out from seven years ago. But yes, I would love to. And a lot of people have been pushing me to do so. So hopefully in the coming months, we'll make something happen. Although I will say this, and I forgot to add this. I have a Telegram group. Oh, it's an cool. app, Telegram. It's super awesome. Cool. It's called Lighthouse. It's beautiful. Okay. If you go on the uh, Telegram app, I'll send Isabel the link for this so yep. that you guys Me can too. click into it. It's a free group. I send a voice note of this type of content talking about cool. these types of inspiring things usually once a day and they're like five to 10 minutes. Nowhere else. I'm not on social a lot lately. So that's where you get the most of me. And I would love well, for people sign to up. do it because you definitely want Nick Tags in your pocket because he will just keep you moving forward. But I vote podcast, even if they're small, you could take those five, 10 minute. I'm just, this is recorded. So you could take those five, <laughs> 10 minute things that you're doing and turn them into people love the five, 10 minute podcast episodes because they're, they're quick bites. Those are the episodes that do the best on our behalf. So Anyway, I'm just putting this in recording so that we can keep Nick accountable here. But as always, we love Nick and thanks guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. As always, thanks so much for listening to the Wellfield podcast. We're so happy to have you. To make sure you don't miss a beat, please subscribe either on Apple or Spotify because we have episodes dropping once or more a week with tons of great content. If you want to make sure that you're up to date on everything we're doing in the business with our clients and new offers and all the things, make sure that you check us out at Isabel Smith Nutrition on Instagram and IsabelSmithNutrition.com. See you guys soon.